Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and Ken Hellenius help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Hello and welcome to Living Stones. I'm your co-host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and joining me in the beautiful virtual studios in South Bend, Indiana, is one of my closest and dearest friends and the former starting outside linebacker for the Toronto Argonauts of the CFL, Ken Hellenius. Ken, how are you doing, my friend? <laughs> I am well, thank you. Yeah, the CFL. Oh, boy. There's just something about a 110-yard field that is just, well, it's 10 yards at least better than the uh, than the American football, right? <laughs> uh flutie doug flutie and flutie flakes i mean with, without right. without yeah. cfl we wouldn't have all these glorious things that we that are touchstones really of our culture <laughs> that's right <laughs> not to overstate that's right. it right yeah oh golly <laughs> Uh, it, so how we, are things uh, on campus there? Things for the D Nicholas Center. Yeah, things are good. Where uh, you know, Deacon, we are just a few weeks away from actually fall break already here. Uh, wow! Because of course the students have already been in in class for about five weeks already, and uh, you know, right at the seven week mark or so is is when we uh, have our break. And uh, this year is going to be a, a glorious one because I'm really looking forward to it. I actually get to go to. Uh, to Rome and to Assisi uh, for fall break. We're taking a group of students on pilgrimage and a number of us staff members are going to accompany. So really looking forward to that. But the, yeah, we're, we've got lots of programming. As a matter of fact, um, at the end of October, we're going to have a visit from Archbishop Anthony Fisher of uh, Australia, Sydney, Australia. So we've got a lot of really good things coming up programming wise. And then of course, our fall conference is in November. We're going to be chatting about about creation in a, um, our conference this year is entitled, And It Was Very Good on Creation. So that's going to be really, <laughs> really exciting. We had a actually a record number of papers submitted, uh, kind of paper proposals and panel proposals. So it's uh, it's it's been a busy semester, um, but we're excited to be kind of underway already. And like I say, almost halfway through the uh, the fall semester already. So time flies, so we must be having fun. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Indeed, and you're awesome preparing for travel as well. I know here in in early October, just to, just in like a week or so, week and a half, you're going to be uh, going across the big pond this time. I know. Yes, yes, returning back to Australia. I'm very excited about that. I haven't been there uh, for a while uh, because of obviously the pandemic. Um, I used to go like every other year. This would be my seventh trip. Wow. now to uh, the land down under and i'm very excited about it and i'm going to be speaking with my good friend uh tim staples from catholic answers we're going to be doing uh what they're calling the be not afraid tour uh reawakening the church which is going to happen in sydney and in melbourne australia so uh very excited to be back there very excited to be with tim and uh you know, and I'm back. Glad to be back down under. I have uh, a number of good friends there. Uh, the Maronite Church there is 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 really alive and, and dynamic, doing uh, tremendous things 
uh, for the country of Australia. So it's just great to, to go back and be part of that again. Wow. Well, Deacon, a fellow wonders, if this is your seventh trip to Australia, at what point do they actually just offer you citizenship and say, stay with us, friend? <laughs> that would be kind of cool, actually. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure how many times, but uh, but it'd be it would be nice. Um, you know, well, actually, funny you mentioned that I was just talking with someone yesterday about um, getting citizenship in my home country of Barbados because I had to give up citizenship when I came here. Uh, but now that they're independent from Britain, mm. um, I think I might be able to apply for dual citizenship now. Wow. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to see if that's a possibility because it'd be nice, you know, to actually get a visa in my own country. So that'd, that'd be awesome. I know you've done a number of cruises as well. Have any of the cruises that you've been on, have they have they taken you to uh, to, to your home country? No, not yet. Not yet. They've Hoping been waiting. These days, that'd be great. They, they've been waiting for you to be a citizen again so that uh, you can yeah, right. walk right off the boat and into into a tasty beverage and a, a warm, warm <laughs> pond pool. Uh, I don't know what. I've never been. I need to go sometime. So fun. Yeah, we should go together. That'd be great. I would love that. Julie, my beloved bride, would love a, a cruise to a warm location. But you know me, Deacon. I prefer cold and uh, and cool. So maybe an inside passage uh, in Alaska trip. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Deacon, for a number of weeks now, we've been chatting about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Blessed Trinity. And it's been a wonderful conversation. This is like our 13th conversation uh, in which we're kind of exploring our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And uh, we've gotten to the point in our conversation where we're going to kind of explore how the Holy Spirit works in the terms of specific gifts and the virtues and the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so that's kind of where we're going to pick up our conversation tonight. So um, let's talk about one of the most confusing ones, I think, and that's this the idea of the, the gift of the fear of the Lord. And I think that's one of those that a lot of us don't understand what it means. So help us understand a little bit more about fear of the Lord. Yes. Yeah, so we, we talked about um, uh, last time, generally, what fear of the Lord is. It doesn't mean being afraid of the Lord, but it has that sense of filial fear, uh, honor, reverence, and respect. In fact, the Jewish word Yahweh um, that's used for fear there is that's exactly what it means, honor, reverence, and respect. And, and so we talked about this body, mind, soul, kind of uh, balance that we find in our lives, right? And, and so in order to keep the right uh, balance and perspective between love of God and fear of the Lord, honor, reference, respect, it's the Holy Spirit that increases in us the virtue of hope, right? So hope is the, the virtue that keeps us from despair and presumption, yeah. right? Yeah. So without hope, we would never see the end of the road or the joy we, when we finally arrive, right? So our, we're living the way that we are now in our hope for heaven, right? You know, uh, th that's our goal is to, is to get there. So, so we live in this hope because think about it. When we, when we finally do arrive in our destination, hopefully for all of us, that will be heaven, mm -hmm. right? There, there would be no more faith. There will be no more hope. All that's going to be left is love. 
right? And, right. and so that that fear of the Lord is going to live in actually in its purity, in its fullest sense, because we're going to be living actually in the presence of the Lord face to face. The Lord who is himself love. I mean, as St. John tells mm-hmm. us, God is love. And this, as you've just said, I mean, St. Paul talks about this, you know, that in the end, three remain, faith, hope, and love. But ultimately, only love remains because you no longer need faith when you're standing in the presence of God. You no longer need hope because you've achieved the goal of that hope. You only need love because love reflects who God is. Exactly, exactly. And let's be real. I mean, we're all sinners. We, we all mess up. Uh, and so, so sometimes this, this balance between fear and love gets out of whack. And sometimes we think uh, that our sin is too great for God to forgive. Well, it's hope that comes to the rescue and assures us of God's mercy and love that God does forgive and forget, right? We, we heard that expression, forgive and forget. Well, that's exactly what God does. Um, and if you look at Ezekiel chapter 18, that's exactly what he does. It actually says God forgets the sin. When he forgives the sin, he forgets the, you know, I put it in quotes there, right? Forgets the sin. Right. Um, because it's it's no longer, because now we're choosing to cooperate with God's love. And so that sin is, is, is put aside. That sin, if you will, is crucified. And he lovingly awaits our return uh, to him at the end of our life uh, to be with him forever in heaven. You know, so so that's really what the fear of the Lord is. It's connected with the beautiful virtue of hope. You know, this idea of hope persisting through our own, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I'm thinking of, as you've kind of illustrated it there, I sin all the time, and I can easily fall into despair. I can easily say, God is never going to forgive me for this because this is the same thing I do every time I'm the one going in and being embarrassed when I'm standing in line at the confessional. I'm like, Father, I've done X, Y, or Z again. And it is that message of hope and that message of love that we receive in the sacrament of reconciliation. God loves you. God is still grasping you by the hand and calling you towards himself. That is that little spark in our heart that says that God does love you. And that is this idea of, again, it's love, but it's love that is living out in my life in the gift of hope. And that hope is, as I'm even standing in that confessional line, I'm expressing this hope that is in my heart. I'm standing in the confessional line because this is the one spot where I know I'm going to hear, you are forgiven by the ministry of the church. May God grant you pardon and peace. That's what we hear in reconciliation. That's what we hear in the words of confession. And it's an it's a it's my feet acting out this hope that is in my heart. I'm afraid. I'm afraid just because because I'm weak, and I'm afraid because I don't. It's hard to trust, and yet yeah. the fact that I'm standing there is an act of trust, and it is a living out of this great invitation of hope. So, I think relating hope to fear uh, in this sense is is very helpful in understanding what it means. Yeah. And the other piece of this, Ken, um, I mean, you, you, you said it so beautifully, talking about connection within ourselves, but what about with others? I mean, think about it. I mean, <laughs> uh, how, how do we 
honor, reverence, and respect the presence of God. You, we talked about that within ourselves because of our sin. But what about when others sin against us? You know, when when um, when people attack us, when people hurt us, when people use us and manipulate us, right? And, and we have this hatred toward that person. And we're not supposed to hold that in our hearts, right? So we're supposed to see the presence of God, even in the worst person, the most depraved person, um, you know, because they are made in the image and likeness of God. But sometimes we can't, it's hard to see past the evil. It's hard to see past the perverted actions that sin causes within others. So when they hurt us, it is very, very difficult. And for some people, almost impossible. To, to forgive and to see the presence of God in the other person. That's why Jesus says in the Our Father that the Father will only forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. And Ken, we're supposed to forgive from the heart, Jesus says. So, gosh, to have love and compassion and mercy towards someone who doesn't show the same to us, man, that's that's really hard. But it's that spirit, it's the Holy Spirit and that virtue of fear of the Lord that gives us the strength and the hope to persevere. Yeah. Yeah. It's an act of faith to grant forgiveness to someone else <laughs> when you, you don't know whether or not they're ever going to return this forgiveness, whether or not they're ever going to repent of how they have harmed me. Um, and the reality is, you know, there are situations, as we know, whether it be domestic violence or or you know, we we do need to forgive, but we also need to then remove ourselves from the situations where further harm can happen. But forgiving in our heart and and entrusting that situation to God and to the church and to this great gift of forgiveness, that's important. It is how we begin the healing process. Um, in the Our Father, Jesus doesn't say, God will only forgive us if everybody involved in the situation really does forgive one another. It's, it's me. It's how, how have I forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. I've forgiven you. But Deacon, even if you don't repent of your actions towards me, God is still going to forgive me. God still loves me. He still loves you too. You know, that's a really interesting kind of observation, Deacon, because I, and I'm, I'm grateful. Well, I'm, I'm grateful that it's it's rare, right? Uh, in in my own life, in my own experience, I don't have a lot of people that I, I look at and I immediately am filled with stone towards. You know, I, I have a hardened heart towards. There are a few, and those are people that I pray for. And I we have to remember to pray for them and to pray for ourselves in relation to them, too. And say, God, soften my heart towards this person here that is so difficult for me to love and respect. Help me to realize that they too are loved by you and help us to enter into a mutual relationship of love. That's the prayer. And it's hard, as you say, it's hard to forgive, but it also is what Christ calls us to do. And he gives us the grace and the strength to do so in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that, that's, that was exactly the point I was going to make is that it's supernatural grace that gets us to that point. Mm-hmm that even enables us to be a witness of God's love and mercy to someone. You know, because that's what sometimes it takes for the person that has done something to us and the person that we have this hatred toward being a vehicle of God's mercy to that person, extending 
the olive branch of peace, of understanding, of love towards someone that we don't love <laughs> or that we don't feel. We don't feel that love. It takes sometimes supernatural grace to be able to love that person in the way that Christ calls us to love them. Because we can't do that ourselves. And that's the beautiful thing about cooperating with these gifts, that, particularly these gifts that we receive in confirmation. This is the power of confirmation right here. Right. These seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that we receive, when we choose to cooperate with the grace that God has already given us in the sacrament, that is strengthened by the Eucharist and nourished by the Eucharist, then when we willingly take that step forward to be a vehicle of mercy, now God's mercy can begin to work in that other person. Yes. See that that's good. I mean that that's that's huge. I mean, and and I, again, I'm thinking about my experience in uh, Auschwitz, you know, and Birkenau, walking around in those camps, and the whole time I'm thinking, what the heck? I just, I mean, I could you could almost feel the hatred yeah. building up in your heart for the Nazis as you're walking around, looking at the the conditions that the the Jewish people and, and the others that they killed had, had to live in and and how they were tortured, all the things that were done to them. It, it's just so easy to just like, God, just wipe them all out from the face of the earth. But how do we show love and compassion and mercy to people in those situations? See, th that's where really the test of faith comes in. And, and that's where this gift of fear of the Lord comes in. Uh, because when we even attempt to live in the way where we're being a vehicle of mercy to someone that hates us. We're honoring God by doing that. We're honoring God. You know, that's where this honor, reverence, and respect for the Lord comes in when we recognize that even in the most difficult situations, that God's love ultimately will prevail. This idea of applying our fear of the Lord towards the other towards, you know, our fellow person here, the walking along, our fellow pilgrim, uh, is related then to another one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that's the gift of piety. And I know this idea of piety as helping us to think more of our neighbor's good than our own. And piety is, of course, uh, not more, not just what we think of when we think of a pious person. We think of a person who's always praying, you know, maybe a person who prays, you know, who has their rosary in their hand all the time. That is a, indeed a pious person. But piety um, is to recognize God and God's love in the heart of the other and to recognize that God is part of every relationship that we're in as well. Uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of wondering about... Uh, the relationship of these two gifts together, fear of the Lord and piety, um, seeing if, uh, seeing kind of what you may think about those two things together. Yeah. So like you said, piety is thinking more of our neighbor's good than our own. And piety also gives us the power to continue to seek God's good in the face of insult and ingratitude. Which is right? like so, what we were so, just talking about, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And this is the one of the the two greatest commandments, right? Love God, which is the <laughs> really the, the give the fear of the Lord, and love your neighbor as yourself, which is piety. Yes. So, so even in those greatest commandments, there's a beautiful connection between these two gifts of the Spirit. And the thought that I had articulated before is like we will love not because we will be loved in return, but because like Jesus will be filled with a love that reaches out, that reaches outside of ourselves. Right. So Jesus on the cross, for example, he was broken. 
and his blood was poured out for us. So he wasn't being loved, right? So that was an act of love, him dying for us on the cross, but he wasn't being loved in return, you see? Right. But, but he still reached out in love to all of us. So even in the midst of everything he was going through in the, the, the torture and death of the cross, there was still the outpouring of love. And, and that's what we're called in our own lives through this gift of piety to, to emulate in our own way, in our own time, in our own place, in our own, uh, in, in, the, in the way that God has given us to, to, to do that, you know, um, and, and uh, that, but it's powerful when we, when we actually uh, step forward in, in grace and in love in, in this gift of piety. This idea also has the uh, kind of recognizing the situation for what it is, recognizing that I know my own faults. I know I'm my own harshest critic, of course. Um, it's also then easy to be a harsh critic of others around. But to recognize that, you know, what is that that phrase, you know, be kind to other people because you never know what battle they are fighting is is kind of the same yeah. situation, right? I know how difficult it is for me to walk hand in hand in my disciple, you know, as a disciple of the Lord Jesus. But it's easy for me to look at this other guy next to me who clearly that guy's a jerk because he just cut me off in traffic or or whatever and to be like, I don't care about him. No, piety helps us to recognize that that person too is walking on a journey. Even if they're not a visible, you know, if they're not visibly part of the church, even if they're not, you know, a person of active faith, they are still in relationship with God, their creator, the same God and creator that created me, the same God and creator who loved me first has also loved this person first. And that's really what piety helps us recognize is it helps us recognize that we too that everyone around us is also imperfect and in the process of being perfected in some way, whether or not they're already baptized and going to reconciliation regularly and being nourished by the Eucharist and sealed in the Holy Spirit in confession, whether or not they're already there, God is calling all of us back to himself. And so piety is to recognize that God is in relationship with everyone, including us and including our most difficult neighbor. Yeah, the scripture that, that comes to mind as you were speaking, Ken, was uh, what Jesus said. <laughs> you know, worry about the splinter in your own eye, and and not the, uh, uh, the worry about the 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 uh, not splinter in your brother's eye and the log in, and and I think about the log in your own eye. Right, right. right you right. know, we, I mean, because we've all been in a situation like let's just say uh, one of our listeners is a member of a parish council. And whenever they go to parish council, there's that one person there that just gets on your last nerve. And you're like, oh, God, shut up. You know, whenever the person <laughs> starts talking. I mean, come on, we've all, we've all be, been experienced someone in a group or someone on a team or someone like that, that if it weren't in that situation, you would never be around that person. Right. You know, uh, but but it's pie that caused us to see beyond whatever imperfections that the other person may have recognizing that we're not perfect either. Just ask your spouse. Right. right. Um, but, but, to, but to see that person, the way God sees them and to try to love them the way God loves them, you know, and that's what the saints did so well. That's what blessed Virgin Mary helps us to do so well. And that's what this, the grace, the gift of piety helps us to do. Yeah. 
You know, the reality is sometimes I'm probably that guy in the meeting that nobody else can stand. As I'm looking around and I'm thinking, oh, I hate, you know, I hate listening to that person. I hate listening to that person. That person gets on my nerves. The reality is I'm that same person for somebody else in the room. Maybe all the other people in the room. Um, humility is really what piety yeah. is related to, right? It's to recognize that we're all relate we're we're all that that person for somebody else you know whether it be our spouse or or you know the person in the meeting that's a really really funny thing to to think about i like that you contextualized it also in the context of a parish council meeting because where most are we supposed to be like christ to recognize that the person next to us is also a disciple but in a parish council meeting or in a prayer group meeting or in a book club where you're reading together you know Fulton Sheen or something like that. These are the moments where we're supposed to be most keenly aware of the fact that we share the great gift of faith. And yet, why is it that those are the very places where the tiniest little thing can annoy us most? Oh, golly. Yeah, exactly. Great job, Satan. You're really driving a wedge between us and the church. (laughs) Oh, man. That was, by the way, not me praising Satan. I don't want that to be... (laughs) You know, and sometimes we, we, we rush to rash judgment too. You know, there's a guy, I I do a five mile walk probably five days a week. And when I'm home and there's a guy in the park, um, near my house where I walk. And at first I thought this guy was homeless, you know, (laughs) because he, I'd see him almost every day, wear the same clothes and, you know, and then finally he like tried to talk to me. And I like blew him off the first time, right? Then the second time he tried to talk to me again, I said, okay, okay. So I stopped to talk to him. And now it ends up, Kim, we're, we're actually pretty good friends. I went to his, I've been to his house now. Oh, wow. And he I, he wanted to read one of my books. So I brought him one of my books. And now we're talking about the book. And now we're talking about faith. And I was like, whoa, hold on. Man. This is, <laughs> now, it's, now every time we see each other, we stop. Hey, I, his name's Dr. Jim. Hey, Dr. Jim, how you doing? Hey, Harold, how you doing? Hey, you know, we just have a little conversation and stuff. It's pretty cool now but never would have happened if 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 i didn't rush to judgment and think oh there's some homeless guy i don't want to be bothered by him sure and it ends up that we're actually very very friendly with each other now so see you never <laughs> expect when those moments are going to happen that's crazy oh man yeah well yeah. deacon yeah we've run out of time again as is our custom but it's been a con- fantastic <laughs> conversation. And when we gather again next week, we're going to pick up with, uh, with uh, we should talk about, so we've talked about piety. We've talked about the fear of the Lord. Let's move on to some of the other great, uh, great gifts of the Holy Spirit. So like, let's pick up with fortitude or something fun like that next week. But how does that sound? <laughs> But uh, Sounds good. you can always connect with us via Facebook or uh, just type in Living Stones Media. You can download previous episodes of the show at moderndayeradio.com. Deacon, until we gather next week, might we have a blessing? May Almighty God bless you and keep you the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week here on Living Stones. You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Living Stones is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.